What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 12th episode of Tattoo Wealth. I'm your host, Colton Etherton. I'm a certified financial planner and owner of Out of the Office Planning. On this episode, I have a conversation with Stephen Mondary, aka Mondo, a tattoo artist from Cincinnati. And we talk about his transition from military to nursing and eventually starting tattooing. Um, and he actually opens up quite a bit about how he ended up getting a handle on his own finances and then how that helped him prepare for the birth of his twin daughters earlier this year, uh, both financially and you know managing schedule and time. So overall, pretty uh, good conversation, especially for those of you that may be having some little ones on the way, um, trying to figure out how to manage that. But before we get into that, like always, Piper is going to read us a quick disclaimer, and then we'll jump into my conversation with Mondo. Colton Etherton is a financial advisor and founder of Out of the Office Planning, a registered investment advisor in Oregon. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not advice. Talk to your advisor if you have any questions. Hey, Amanda, what's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. Thanks for uh, coming back for round two. Round those two. Of you, those of you listening, we had a bit of a uh, technical hiccup, so we get to re-record. So it should be should be a good one. Um, we blabbled a lot last time, or blah 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 the whole time. <laughs> last, so no, no, last, last one was good. It's unfortunate, but <laughs> right. yeah, we got some we got some direction. Um, cool. Well, again, uh, thank you for for joining me today, and just want to re- really jump into you know, how you started tattooing and then talking about understanding, you know, your finances through that, because that is kind of a big um, piece, right? When people start tattooing, it's not really something I think a lot of people um, expect to have to manage right from the get go. Yeah. yeah. How complex it is, as opposed to being like an employee somewhere. For sure. Um, and then, you know, of course you had your two beautiful girls. So I'd love to talk about, you know, how you kind of set, yourself up for taking some leave because it you know seeing you on instagram looks like you took a good healthy amount of time which is awesome um so i'd love to kind of just kind of wrap up with that you know and how you prepared um but for now if you could just give us you know a quick little who is mondo how'd you get into tattooing cool um so steven mondary um my last name is mondary and military they just uh, i did about uh, five years in the military so i did uh uh, everybody just calls me Mondo. It's just kind of something that stuck from the military. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she's good. Um, so it's something that just kind of stuck from the military. And I think, um, um, <laughs> <hang on. laughs> you got it. <laughs> He's got the girls with him today. So we got little, little pause breaks here. All right. Say hi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Kill um, me, man. My my wife keeps pushing pushing for a third. So right. And then you you, you got your all your pictures you're posting of the girls. It's pushing me her way. <laughs> right. It's okay, honey. All right. Sorry about that. No, you're um, good. Gotta keep an eye on her, so mm-hmm. but um so basically, um, back to it, Mondo's a nickname. Steven Mondary is my, my real name. Um, 
I got into tattooing kind of late. So um, I lived a couple of lives before I started tattooing. I was in the military for about seven years or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, when I got out, um, I worked in the medical field. I was a medic in the, in the military. So um, I got out and stayed in the medical field, got my RN, was working in um, um, patient care for a little while. And then I went out um, and started working in some like corporate settings and, mm-hmm. um, kind of jumped around and was just unhappy and didn't really want to do anything structured like that. Um, and kind of found an opportunity to start tattooing and, uh, got my foot in the door, uh, apprenticed for a year and a half and, um, and all of it kind of right place, right time, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing that made me jump was um, just more of that, that financial independence and um, not having to rely on just, a, you know, the same, same size check every week, you know what yep. I mean? No matter how hard you work, it's always the yeah, same. No matter how hard you work, you just capped. And yep. I was just, um, I don't know, I just never really saw myself working for somebody anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I had to do some, some independence and, um, kind of ran through a relationship with that too. And then, mm-hmm. um, so when I started tattooing like full time, I was kind of, um, newly single, new place, new car, like all of it was just new. It was just like a big flip for me. And then, um, I came to start working at barbers, uh, right around, 2016 2017 okay um, probably 2017 so i started tattooing i started my apprenticeship 2015 mm-hmm. um, came out of my apprenticeship uh, midway through 2016 okay. uh, did my few tattoos and then um hit the ground running um and kind of my my mentor does more like realism and stuff like that and i was kind mm-hmm. of in and towards uh focusing primarily on just the classics like some more american traditional stuff and uh from being in the military, I just kind of had that, um, that like, oh, true tradition, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. you know, kind of a traditional guy anyway. So, yeah, no, that makes um, sense. So, I think once I branched off and started doing more traditional stuff, is when I went out and found, um, started getting tattooed a couple of different shops and mm-hmm. wanted to get that street shop experience and, like, you know, cut my teeth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, went and found uh went and got tattooed by rich at barbers owns okay. barbers and um and he i don't know we just kind of hit it off and met everybody and um kind of talked about the idea of working at barbers and then the next time i got tattooed by him um he did this little uh this little dagger and rose on me nice. and uh, and then he offered me the job at barbers and uh, that's awesome I took it same day and been with them ever since been with them for, um, going on, I guess, seven years now, <laughs> kind of crazy five, yeah. you know, but been with them for about six years now, six, seven years now. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, now is that you had quite the, uh, career transition, of course, right. From military yeah. to nursing and then tattooing. Was that ever on the radar tattooing when you were younger? Was that, ever something you even considered or was it just out of the yeah, blue for sure it, it was always a dream right it was okay. always something that like i was like man it'd be so cool to be 
you know, just do that for a living and um, kind of, um, I just, I didn't really know, you know, the behind the scenes part of it all until yeah. I took that dive in my apprenticeship. But um, yeah, I mean, everything's packaged pretty well from the outside. You know, you, you look at it and you're like, wow, I mean, these dudes fucking smoke weed all day and paint, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like right. draw on each other and, and do it. And make Sounds fun. like a hell of a day. Yeah, and they all drive cool cars, ripping around on motorcycles. Sounds like a good ass time. So, mm-hmm. um, it's always been like, um, you know, that that lifestyle that I wanted, I guess. And yeah, um, always wanted the excuse to be able to like tattoo my neck and my hands, and my head, and stuff. So, <laughs> right, um, not to worry about it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. started off, um, started off with all the basics and um, kind of jumped around, got tattooed at different places. And really, um, really started to um, really started to like see what it was like, and um, but you know, so focused on my careers at the time that I never even, um, especially when I was in the military, it was like not even an option. And then mm-hmm. um, once I started um, working as a as a nurse, it was it started to get even worse for me because I was um, I was just like really hating that whole nine to five kind of gig and um really wanted to break away from that uh, especially if i was going to start having kids and a family mm-hmm. and everything i wanted to uh, if i was going to settle down i wanted it to be like you know on your terms in, in, yeah exactly having that freedom it. to be able yes. to be with kids or like exactly. right now when you need yep. to <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah so it was um it was a big transition but um but i think once you know tattooing is not for everybody it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not for everybody you gotta um you just gotta understand it i guess from um from an insider's perspective you know you gotta have the right apprenticeship you gotta have the right people around you to to kind of like man you don't do it that way you know what mm-hmm. I mean? once you have that then you're like oh okay so this is real tattooing like this is even sicker than i thought it was you know i'm like right um so you start like abiding by the rules of, of tattooing and, and like the, um, the nature of it all, then you can really start like, okay, like this is something I really want to do and be passionate about it for the right reasons, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, makes it easier for you to take that dive for sure. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. That's, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, just talking about the right apprenticeship and that kind of thing. Cause I'm a, up here in Oregon, of course, mm-hmm. where uh, we have that weird ass rule where you can't do a traditional apprenticeship. You have to go to um, a licensed tattoo school or get licensed, you know, in another state for at least like two years and then you can transition over. But um, yeah, it's, I know it's and weird. I, and I honestly, I didn't know it until I started, you know, transitioning my business and yeah, understanding talking to people. And, yep. And I've seen a few people where they've kind of signed up as like a, cause you can see the list of schools, you know, on the state website, but oh, they've sure. signed up as like a uh, teacher, I guess, or their own school, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll take someone on that way. Yeah. And you'll but, get more of a traditional one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. There, there's, you know, from my there's understanding, there's ways around with it, it too. Yeah. 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 Like they have to charge as, as the school or whatever, but you know, so I've seen some people work around that, which is kind of, kind of cool. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know it's interesting, especially with how many shops are here in Portland, you know, and how 
kind of big the tattoo culture is to, a lot of yeah for us to have that weird rule and not i don't know some other state that's maybe not as tattoo friendly right like alaska yeah <laughs> exactly yeah uh, i mean i think that's cool though to like put some stipulation on it because then it makes it weeds out all the, the people that don't really take it that serious you know mm-hmm. yeah um, and it's i mean it's so definitely not cheap to go to some of these schools yeah too but you know yeah I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the whole school thing but yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely um you got to go through like a traditional apprenticeship yeah yeah if no, you get in like if you want to start tattooing it has to be um it has to be the right way you know mm-hmm. yeah no i get that um all right so you got into tattooing got it barbers was it difficult managing everything else that you're now doing as a tattoo artist right because i think a lot of people at least on the client side don't see it as much you know all the work that comes on the back end for you guys um Um, you know meaning you're now self-employed you know except for the very few shops um and so there's a lot of money management and taxes you know all that fun stuff that is a lot easier when you're an employee somewhere you know and a lot of it's kind of i don't want to say handled but more straightforward yeah Oh, it's a lot easier that way. I mean, it's, it makes it too easy. So like everyone gets comfortable with it, you know what I mean? And I was getting comfortable with that. And, and I was like, there's no way I could do all that on my own, you know, and and to come to find out it's way easier than you think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot easier to become independently, um, financially independent for sure. Mm -hmm. When you have control over everything. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, you can at least see it all. You don't necessarily have control of anything because the government runs all of it. But yeah, you know what I mean? That's fair. But, that's yeah, fair. But, but yeah, I know what you mean. I see your side of it, but um, or what you're saying. And and I think that um, that is very daunting to a lot of people. And so they'll start tattooing and just not care about like savings accounts, uh, retirement funds. Uh, you know, taxes, like mm-hmm. they don't care about any of that stuff until it comes and bites them in the ass 10 years later. And, um, yeah. and now what, now you're, you're up shit's Creek without a paddle and, um, you know, doing GoFundMe's to get out of, right. get out of, tra- you know, and it's, um, something that you can think about early on and, and you'll thank yourself later on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. I've, I've seen a few people that are further on, right. And they're, making good money you know they charge a good rate um but it's you know money comes in and it goes out just as fast and absolutely you know and and then taxes can be um daunting and so some people you know don't want to deal with it and they kind of push it off to the side right and then it right starts snowballing until it's really this kind of clusterfuck you're gonna have to deal with later yeah Um, but yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people in the beginning, you know, maybe they're not making as, as much money or, you know, starting out, obviously, new tattoo or that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, nobody does. Yeah. And I it's mean, that I idea of when I make more money, I'll, I'll deal with it. When I make more money, yeah. I'll, then I'll get, you know, my financial team in place or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, four years later, you know, you're like, oh, man, you know, yeah. like, I've, I've meant to catch up with all that stuff, but never did. And that's kind of what happened to me, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I was four years in. Um, and had no idea that my mentor boss at the time, or yeah, my owner of the shop at the time that I worked at, um, mm-hmm. he 
didn't um he was filing like 1099s but then like um you know i'd get this tax thing in the mail and i'd be like oh i don't have to file that right you know like mm-hmm. the government doesn't care about that and then you know these um you know 2016 rolls through 2017 rolls through and then 2018 comes by and now i'm like in a serious relationship um engaged to the woman that's now my my wife and the the mother of my children mm-hmm. and um and she's like, if you want to get married, you got to get your shit together. You got to file your taxes. You got to mm-hmm. do this. You got to do that. And then I was just like, all right. You know, like, <laughs> um, and something about it all, once I did go through it, um, definitely like, oh my God. I mean, it takes like the biggest weight off your shoulders once you actually get legit mm-hmm. and, and realize that the IRS doesn't care. Like as long as they're getting paid a, once a month or whatever and getting little chunks here and there, like you'll catch up and you'll you'll knock that out, you know, in no time. And you get, you know, you come across a nice little chunk of money here and there, like you're doing well a couple of months here in a row and you can put some money in an envelope for taxes. And next thing you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're paying off, you know, $14,000 in taxes in like a year, you know? And, and you're back on the, on the, the, you're back on the positive, which is the only place to be really. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, when it comes to, you know, knowing they're going to owe something in that case, right? Maybe they, I don't want to say overestimate, but maybe overestimate the amount or underestimate what they can actually pay on it. And so it becomes right. a thing in their head, right? They're kind of right. mental accounting and then you just push it off. But yeah, once you get going and working on it, knocking it out, I've seen a lot of people surprised at like, oh shit, I'm already halfway through this or, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, just and look at this i got a savings account rolling and i got this and i'm mm-hmm. a little bit more organized i'm um you know i'm not scrounging at the end of the month for my my mortgage or for my rent you know what right. I, mean? I mean we rented for the first three places we lived at me and me and my wife and, and then mm-hmm. we, we bought our house together and um we combined finances we had a, you know we uh we went out and got a joint checking account um and separate checking and savings accounts as well for our own personal goals you know mm-hmm. um i thought that was very in a, important especially in a relationship you know yeah. like if you're in a relationship with somebody um finances if you don't want to fight about them you should know about them you know like everyone yep. should know about what's going on how much is coming in um how much is going out uh when certain things are due and, and making sure that that money is in there you know and, yeah and it's um, it's really just setting up those systems right and then once you kind of get that going it's a lot simpler to manage tends yep. to cut down and, on the, the arguments <laughs> and my system is so easy um i i literally i have a blue um like a, a deposit envelope mm-hmm. that's filled with individual little um little white envelopes and mm-hmm. i literally you mean one have of those blue like bank locking ones yep yep yeah just a bank deposit big gold zip up bank deposit yep. which uh, most banks will give you if you're just give them to you. business yeah. account yeah and you ask them say yeah. hey yep. i need one of these i deal with cash yeah, gotcha. get one with a lock on it, and it, you know, you know, feel more secure when you're leaving at night and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I basically, out at the end of the day, um, I, I make sure that my my shop's getting its cut and all of its taxes and and everything that it needs from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making sure that my booking um, and my my shop manager is getting her, you know, her her pay and her her tips and her cut and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take my pile of money at the end of the night. I divvy it up into its respected envelopes and then whatever's left on top, I put into whatever envelope I'm trying to push, you know, like 
I don't have any money at the end of the night, no pocket money at the end of the night when I go home. Mm-hmm. And that way I don't spend it. You know what I mean? It's all in its envelopes and it doesn't exist to me. Yep. And at the end of the week, I just take all of those envelopes. I count them all out. I make my deposit slips. I walk into the bank. Everybody knows me by name now. You know what I mean? And which yep. is also kind of a cool feeling at a bank, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, For sure. And then, you know, and you slowly watch these accounts grow, you know, and, um, and accumulate and, and your wife is seeing it and um, she's feeling good about, you know, the finances and everything. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's good all the way around to, and it's healthy to, it's a world we live in, unfortunately, yeah. you yeah. know, it's a hungry it's... world. So um, the only thing you can do is, is try to be as healthy and, and smart about it as you can, you know? Mm-hmm. So that leads me to, to, to two questions. The first, sure. um, you know, I, I could see some people, kind of coming back on the envelope thing, right? And saying, well, how do you not just, you know, yoink, take out of one envelope? Because, um, and, and I'd like to say it's as simple as having some self-control, right? But it's when yeah, it's all there discipline. in envelopes, in cash, when you first started this, did you have trouble with that at all? Or was it just your mind was so set, like you were locked um, in? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, there's expenses coming up and you know how much is in certain envelopes, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, um, and, I, and I'll be a, I'd be a liar if I said I don't do it every once in a while still, but yeah. I don't. Um, but now I have these other accounts set up so that I can pull from those, you know, mm-hmm. so now I don't touch my envelopes. So just know that if you're, if you want to do this envelope system, um, there is a very structured version of it and it's through Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be Christian or anything to take the course. Um, we're not here to discuss religion or anything, but it <laughs> right. is, it is a, it is a Christian based course. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to take it, just know that there's going to be some biblical references, but Dave Ramsey does not ram that stuff down your throat. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but it is a very, you'll, you'll take what you want from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for sure. And you'll, and you'll get some very valuable information out. I mean, extremely valuable information out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I he think... just makes really good sense of things, you know? Yeah. And, I think a lot um, of his stuff is, is pretty good. Um, yeah. there, there's some that I take his I don't agree but, with like the whole know. FICO thing. And like, you got to establish yeah. credit. Have your credit you score, like you know, that. not all debt is bad. Yeah. He'll but take you and he'll 10 make to 12% you kind of returns on a, on a mutual fund is, I don't know that that's consistent, right. but you know, right. but yeah, the cash system, all that getting yeah, people to manage system, their money that way is, system. Yeah. you know, there's he definitely some good, good stuff in there. Um, and that's, the way with 90% of things out in the world, right? I don't agree mm-hmm. with every system. Um, yeah. And then, so second question relating to the envelope system and, and this whole thing and really getting a handle on your finances. And I think some people maybe view this this way when they're coming to me as well, is they're going to feel more restricted with their money, right? Is Like they, they, they feel like yeah. there's, how am I going to, how do I phrase this? Um, I guess, yeah, restricted, but in a sense, I like to flip it. Cause really once you get this down, it almost gives you more freedom. I'd say more freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Because That's what, that was the point you know where your money's going, yeah. you have it in your right places. And mm-hmm. you know what I like to set up with some clients and you know, is like, we can call it an opportunity fund, you know, or whatever, just an yeah. account where it's like, look, you've paid yourself, you've put money to taxes we've paid any debts that you may have, you know, monthly payments or whatever extras we may be doing, but then you right. have this money that you can spend on whatever you want, right. For the month or whatever. 
and it kind of gives you that freedom to not feel guilty about it, which I think a lot of people do because they typically spend that money first. And then at the end of the month, yeah. it's like, well, I got a little bit for rent or I got a little bit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, and it seems backwards, right? Like, let me buy up all my money first and then I'm going to feel free, uh, you know, have this freedom, but it really does. Cause it takes away that mental guilt, which I think a lot of people struggle with yeah. when it comes to spending, right? It's like, fuck, I shouldn't have bought those shoes. Like really should have mm-hmm. done this. But when you have it all set up and that system in place, you can go yeah. buy the shoes and be like, yeah, all my other shit's covered. Like I'm, yeah, I feel I'm good. good about that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I got a blow envelope, you know, everybody's got a blow envelope. Yeah. You know, you can, that's your blow money. You can set that as high as you want, as low as you want, you know, yep. as long as it's at the right place on your priority list. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's got to <laughs> make sure that you're spending your money in it, in its respective priorities, you know? Yep. Exactly. And that, and I love you mentioning that because. One. I think some people view me as the uh, the guy who's going to tell them to get rid of that. You know, like we need to optimize every dollar and invest in. And it's like, no, you gotta you gotta live too. You got you you need to have that. Gotta have blow envelope yeah. for your mental sanity and just living your life now because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean, just the endorphins that that releases. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, just the endorphins that it releases is. is incredible too like when yeah. you spend money on yourself you know oh yeah for sure for sure um awesome so took the ramsey course really got a handle on it you've got the system sounds like perfected mm-hmm. right i mean you, you uh not work it every... perfect but it's a <laughs> modified version of and it's yeah, yeah. Our version of, and we still have credit cards and we still um uh we still build our fico score and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, which is something, man, I was in the weeds real bad in the weeds with my FICO score and, um, and didn't really understand credit back in the day and, and mm-hmm. ruined my credit. Now I'm uh, rebuilding, which is pretty cool. Um, also, you know, I'm at a place where I'm able to go out and like go get a credit card if I want to get one, mm-hmm. um, go out and get a loan if I need to. Um, but a lot of the stuff, man, I'll save up. Um, one of the envelopes will be, you know, if I want a Harley, I'm not going to go out and finance a motorcycle. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, that's five, 6,000 bucks. That's something that can be saved up, you know, $200 a day, five days a week, $1,000 a week equals 4,000 a month ish. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to have a you new Harley under two months. months. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, things like that people need to stop you know that's when they get in the weeds because they don't have any money mm-hmm. to put out at the end of the night because everything's already allocated to bills and, and to these these debts that mm-hmm. they've accumulated and it's not like uh that's not what i'm saying is go out and like that's not your blow for, you know you don't yeah. use your blow money for a harley payment you know what I mean? right like, your, yeah for your debt payments that's yeah that's no, yeah it, that, that's for sneakers. That's for t-shirts. That's for going shopping. And that's for, yeah. um, you know, all that silly shit. That you're buying. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's, um, now if you did want to finance something in car or house, whatever, that's where that FICO definitely point. comes in. Yeah. Right. Which like you said, it's, yeah. I, I, that's one thing we agree on, you know, and veer from Dave Ramsey, there is the, the FICO score because having a good credit score, can really save you thousands over the term of some of these loans, you know, whether it's yeah a home loan or shit, if you want to take out a loan to, you know, start the business, you know, your own shop or whatever. Right. Um, 
you know, and it's, it's a trust meter, man. And, and yeah. a lot of people don't look at it like that. Like, yep. uh, that's a, a great way to phrase it. How much a bank trusts you, you know, yep. if you're an extreme risk, they're going to set your interest rate high I mean, you deserve it. You're, yeah. you haven't been, you haven't, you've been delinquent on everything in your life. You know what I mean? And, um, you go out and get loans and you don't pay them back and they go to collections and nobody ever sees a dime from you. So why would somebody, I mean, you wouldn't loan somebody money that was like that. Right. So absolutely not. <laughs> but when you look at it like that and, and you say, all right, I'm a trustworthy guy. I've, I've turned my life around and I'm a, mm -hmm. um, people, I want people to trust me, you know, yeah. um, then, then go out and, and prove it to these other people too. You know, banks are, these people are doing the same thing. They're nice enough to lend you the money now. And they want the, to, they the, want to lend the you the least money. you can do is <laughs> do your part and pay the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's crazy what that does to your credit is seeing all these like green check marks month after month after month after month. Um, that score just goes up and these banks mm -hmm. are just like, oh yeah, you can trust them with that. Go yeah. out and get that $60,000 BMW. We yep. don't even have to check his, you know, we don't even check his credit, you know? Yeah. And we don't have, we're not going to charge him 20% interest rate. Right. We'll you know, give him a that. fair interest rate and like yeah. let the dude pay it off like he's paying everything else off, you know? Yep. And that, I mean, shit, that could That's important, man. Um, you know, like if you, yeah, if it was a, a business vehicle, right. Some places ha have that. I mean, even as right. a tattoo artist, you, you can, you know, in a sense. And yeah, there's just so many things that a credit score can be utilized for. Um, I mean, shit, some places jobs even check your credit score. You know what I mean? Obviously we're talking right. to tattoo artists, so that is not, no, you know, I mean, an issue, but you ain't lying, that, right? or even opening a simple bank account, not even a loan, but sometimes banks, I'm gonna run, yeah. you know, check credit and won't open it if it's below a certain number. And it does affect you as a tattooer. If you own your own business, it definitely mm -hmm. affects you. You know, yeah. I mean, you gotta have a good score because if you want to rent a building, if you want to buy a building, commercial real estate's insane. You know, you gotta put so much money down. So you gotta have the capital, you gotta have yep. the credit, you know, like we're not just gonna loan to anybody. And I mean, that's the dream setup, right? Have your mm -hmm. own building with an apartment above for guest artists and yeah. A fancy street shop down below. Like, that's <laughs> dream, man. Oh. Yeah. Um, with like a cool patio out back, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff will come into play later on in the tattooer's career, too. Like, mm -hmm. I'll work at Barber's probably as long as, who knows? Like, yeah. as long as I, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but I have the insight now to like start saving and I have, you know, these start accounts the pieces in place. Yeah, man. I got yeah. these like, um, different Roth accounts or like an IRA, depending on what your you know, long-term stuff. Um, and that's where taxes come, you know, you got to like figure out what you want to tax now or tax later. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're setting up these accounts for like future, um, future endeavors, you know, so that like, you know, 10 years from now, say when when it is time for me to open up my own shop and um and do my thing i'm gonna have the capital to do it and i'm yep. gonna have the credit to do it and i'm not gonna have like they don't understand it's there there is a lot of bumps and there's a lot of like if bank doesn't trust you there's a lot of hiccups and they'll mm -hmm. make you jump through a million hoops but if the bank trusts you and and you know you know that you're trustworthy and then you have the capital and i have a cashier's check for hundred thousand, you know, and yep. for this for this commercial property, and um, they're going to be like, "Cool, 
you know, your credit score is fucking like 900. Cool. Yep. Go ahead. You know, I mean, shit, they, like it. I said, they want to lend you the money, right? They yeah. want, that's their business. They want to lend yeah. people money so long as you are trustworthy. Exactly. You know, so, they, they want to give it to you. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's comes into play later on in tattooers careers more often than they, than they would think. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. you know, and just being, and you never know when that opportunity could come up too. Right. Like you could, right. who knows, maybe, you know, all of a sudden you get the opportunity to buy barbers, right. Or what, you know right. what I mean? For exactly. whatever reason. And, right. And it's like, yeah. well, shit, if I'm not ready for this, right. because my credit, you, know, the, you know, the owner, me and him talk finances all the time. So he yeah. knows that I would be ready. You know, he knows also that I would be ready at any time. And, Mm-hmm. Um, that me and all the other guys at the shop, you know, that, um, we could all own it together kind of, you know, or whatever yeah. the, the future would bring. Like if he ever was ready to sell it, then, you know, we cross that bridge when we get to it. But, mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. Know, that's, that's huge. I think that just hearing a shop, you know, you and the owner and, you know, the other people in the shop actually I talking mean, about We're like finances and not just, um, flossing if you will on buying other stuff you know what i mean yeah but actually yeah. like talking finances that's awesome yeah man and and, so, and um you know talking interest rates talking credit scores making mm-hmm. it a, like a normalizing finances and, and yeah normalizing those talks and um that only motivates you to like damn he's doing it like that like man i should look into that you know mm-hmm. and and then you look into it and then holy shit like your financial portfolio jumps just that much more you know and yep um, there's a lot of back stuff that are like a backdoor stuff that people don't pay attention to. And, um, they need to wake up now or, or it's going to bite them in the ass. You know, mm-hmm. it ain't fun when it does that. Cause yeah. then it feels like everything's coming down on you, but it's, it's only your fault. You know? mm-hmm. And it's like, all oh, these, all these banks are being unfair and they won't loan me the money. And <laughs> I don't, I don't have the money to put up for a down payment. And it's like, well, pity you man you you knew that this was a possibility one day right. you should have that money put away yeah don't don't have us go look back at your your earnings over the past 10 years and exactly what you could have been doing because look how rocky <laughs> this shit looks you know <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah nobody wants that but i think that um to be financially independent means to like to be working as a tattooer mm-hmm. um a, a large percentage of tattooers are 100% financially independent, mm-hmm. uh, whether they know it or not. Now, whether they're responsible or not, that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. So, and I think that's what you're here to inspire is responsibility, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and taking account, you gotta like keep yourself accountable, you know, and, um, I write little post-it notes. I, we have a little dry erase board in the kitchen. Like I always leave, little notes up and stuff um mm-hmm. kind of like um you know like don't even look in the envelopes those that's not even your money you know or mm-hmm. um um you don't need whatever it is that i'm wanting at the time you know <laughs> have time for that you know yeah yeah um i think a lot of it is just like this sense of urgency and how everybody is just like now 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 also which Uh, makes finances a little bit more confusing for people Mm -hmm. because they feel like they need this car right now but in in reality they can save up another five ten grand to put down on it and their interest rate and monthly payment will be a lot lower and and that envelope's a lot smaller and Mm -hmm. your other envelope's a little bit bigger you know and the stress is a lot smaller 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, all of you as tattoo artists kind of have that. There's not a lot of um, jobs or careers, I'd say, where you have as much control in a sense over getting money on almost any day you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, where a lot of you are booked out for a while or you could money. post, you know, on Instagram and within an hour or less, you have someone yeah. taking a slot and you got cash in your hand, you know, yeah. and there's very few careers and, you know, um, jobs that you, where you can actually do that, you know, where it's yeah. like, shit, I need, you know, 500 bucks by the end of the week for, you know, whatever it is. And you can literally oh, work it in your schedule yeah. and you got it, yeah. you know, even, yeah, even like plumbers and other people that work with their hands and those kind of things, they're not going to have that demand, you know what I right. mean? Where most of you tattoo artists are booked out already or for the a while. Reach. You have people waiting, you know, and it's easy. That, at least from what I've seen on really what was that? Yeah, that I said that reach is really important. Yeah. Like, being able to reach out and touch your 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 clients and 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 let them know, like, hey, um, you know, nine times out of ten when I do exactly what you said, like I'll have a no show or I'll mm-hmm. have an open open slot, like my first tattoo didn't take me as long. So now my second slot is a little bit more open. So I'll call somebody, have them come in a little bit earlier and then I'll post something up and like, Hey, I got an opening tonight at 5 PM, you know, first come first serve. And, um, I'll get a DM within minutes because people will just be like, you know, at work or like, oh, I get off and what am I going to do tonight? And then they see this post and they're like, Oh, going to Mondo's getting a tattoo. <laughs> Yep. You know, when a barber's getting a tattoo and that's extra three, you know, three, four hundred dollars in your pocket or whatever yeah. it is. And um and that stuff goes a long ways. You know, you can only I've seen this a million times, man. I've seen a lot of tattooers, never really in our shop, but I've guessed at enough shops to know um to know this tattooer that mm-hmm. the one I'm about to, you know, just in general. Um mm-hmm. it is, you know, they'll they'll complain about money, complain about money but then turn down tattoos and turn down ideas and like not post, no fun, not put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. They're not flash. They're not. Um, but then they'll come back and like, Oh, I don't have the money for move. And it's just like, yep. dude, you know, I'll play you a little fiddle or something, but you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't lean on us like that because it's not, you know, that's not fair to the ones around you, the ones, your brothers that you work with and shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's yeah. doing their, their chores and keeping their end of the, the ship afloat, mm-hmm. you know, at, at Barber's. That's what we do. You know, like we're all like a bunch of brothers that live together and whether you take you, that ownership of the shop. Yeah. You don't of, have to like get along yeah. and you don't have to talk 24 hours a day, but we're like, we're brothers, you know, and we get shit done and everyone, if it's time to take the trash out, take the trash out or mm-hmm. time to sweep the floors, sweep the floors and, um, I need, I need money. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hungry and, and nobody's, nobody's feeding me or whatever. Like, all right, let's, let's get you some appointments, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, we spike, you know, figure that out. And, um, no matter what, it's, it's a something that you, you gotta like as a shop to, or if you're just a, a by yourself kind of tattooer, mm-hmm. um, you need to be able to market yourself in a way that, um, you're approachable. Mm-hmm. um people feel like they're your friend almost yep you know what i mean and um and you yep. give them that experience when they're in the shop the same experience you give them online you give them at the shop you know and yeah um that's and that's what keeps them coming back that's what 
builds exactly. these relationships and like now they're not just my clients man they're all like my friends and my homies mm-hmm. you know like we all kick it get some food after the shop like man who who can say they do that in a job you know what i mean exactly it's, it's insane like it's the most um ideal job in the world to mm-hmm. me you know and um it makes it easier to study your craft more um dig into history books and mm-hmm. um, meet these other tattooers all around you know and and do some yeah. traveling and and make it a cool thing man and uh um i don't know i think the financial side of it all is is um almost the easiest part of it once you're once you're that busy once you've gotten yourself to the point where um you're not gimmicky either you know that's mm-hmm. a fine line too there's there's a lot of gimmicky <laughs> yeah. kind of like uh, TikTok, uh, you know, like reels kind of tattooers, they're doing it for the views and shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter if somebody from New Zealand is watching your shit, you know, he's not gonna get tattooed by you. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's super cool. I mean, that it makes you more, um, known or whatever, but I mean, if that's why you're tattooing, then maybe you shouldn't be tattooing. I don't know. Yeah. I get that. Uh, I get that. Um, yeah, I think, cause I've seen a few of those pages right where they have yeah a lot of followers and like that, that's cool you know if you want to do that too and kind of do that um yeah but the i don't think number of followers translates into not just quality tattoo artists but money in your pocket you know what i mean right. like i've seen people that only have a couple thousand followers that are making very good income right. and it's because those people are the ones that are actually coming to see them and and pay them you know not the right 90,000 other ones that you know like their work but they're not doing anything about it yeah um you know and i don't mean any disrespect to anybody that's like you know super in the you know yeah, they're yeah. in the online persona like yeah i mean that's um to me the internet's not a real place but yeah you know it's a it's definitely a nice platform um and i you know getting back to like more of the, the topic of like um like finances and and, mm-hmm. and um just having that reach on the internet you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that's really important to like be able to like reach out and um sit down and set your goals too you know like sit down set your financial goals and then this is how many tattoos i need to do this week to hit this goal you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i need to do um all this stuff and then you kind of you got to communicate that to your shop manager or whoever's doing your booking unless you're doing your own booking then Mm -hmm. you can get out and and kind of um you know do all that kind of stuff yourself too but um to fill those envelopes up you got to be busy you know you can't you can't complain about money and then not want you know and then turn down tattoos you gotta like Mm -hmm. unless it's something obviously you can't do um if it's like some hyper realistic stuff and you're a traditional tattooer and you've never really done hyper realism then maybe explain it like well it's not really how i do things i do more of like a stylized portrait mm-hmm. um and show them some examples that's what i always do you know and yeah. show examples and stuff and then they nine times out of ten they'll be like oh i like that better you know it's like cool mm-hmm. let's do that on you then and um you, you're steering these people into doing what you want to do and um but it's still something they're going to be happy with right you know what i mean and um don't don't uh bite off more than you can chew too like i I mean everybody does it but yeah especially tattooing like i feel like 
um people do it a lot you know but um <laughs> shit i do it all the time but i yeah. did it you know right off the jump my first tattoo was way more than i could do but i think doing that every once in a while is how you kind of push yourself and get better right but yeah for sure to a, to a limit at least all right so with that's the perfect kind of segue of where i wanted to go is with the girls making some noise there but uh going from you know having this good financial foundation now and system for managing your money how did you utilize that and prepare for the girls right because you took a good chunk of time off hung out yeah. at home you weren't having income in which you know a lot of people i think that would make them pretty nervous um, for sure but you know especially because it's not like you're at some corporation where they give you a paternity leave that's paid for a month or whatever right yeah um, you're responsible for your own maternity leave so yeah yeah vacation so you, and all that kind of stuff yeah so how'd you um, kind of prep for that and you know between scheduling i bet it was kind of maybe a little difficult but like when do you cut it off how close to the due date and then also you know getting the money kind of squared away so the whole due date thing was really interesting um she was due february 8th mm -hmm. um the babies came january 22nd okay so i had people booked until february 1st and then I was going to do day by day and kind of like what we were just talking about, post things up like, hey, I got availabilities this day, this day, at this time, mm -hmm. if you want it, while she was still um, carrying the babies. Yeah. Uh, but then she went into active labor the 22nd. So then I had to cancel the rest of those appointments. But luckily, I had a really great, um, I have a really great shop manager and she kind of just took care of all that for me. Awesome. Um, she just had a baby too. So um she's really good at telling people she's gotten really good at telling people kind of um, and people are getting really good at, she's just really good at communicating with people and mm -hmm. letting them know what's up and, um, and makes it a little bit more reasonable for everyone else too. So when they hear it, they're like, Oh, totally. Like, you know, we explain everything. So we're not just like Mono had a cancer appointment. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, <laughs> you know, they're like, right. uh, Hey, unfortunately the babies came early and then everyone's like, Oh, congrats. And they forget all about it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then they're knocked up to the front of the priority list for when I start rebooking. Okay. Um, and then I knew that I was going to be out the whole month of February with the mm -hmm. babies. So I knew that 30 days is what I needed to, to sustain, right? So uh, mortgage, electric, water, um, all of the living, you know, all of my living stuff. Um, I wrote that number down, right? Mm -hmm. So I had that number. Um, and then I went through and I was like... Um, how much we eat, um, groceries, um, gas, car payments, um, and all of the other side kind of side bills like Netflix and all the other stuff that's bundled up. Little stuff, random, right? random, random yep. one-off things. Yeah. All of those totals. I made that number out of those two together. So now I have this combined total um, in mind and that's a rough rough way to do it right i'm mm -hmm. doing mainly averages on all this stuff higher end averages yeah just so i, have, I would rather have more than not enough exactly um, yeah be a little more conservative with the savings number yeah and even yeah. then so even if you're like all right so i need for one month to sustain um six thousand dollars right mm -hmm. um then i'm gonna save seven yep. you know what I mean? i'm gonna have a nice little cushion on top of that um 
But then I kind of went above and beyond. And um, during that time I had an asset, my car had um, taken a crap, but luckily it was a uh, very kind of, it was a built, um, I had a built like Subaru at the time. Okay. And, um, I'd blown the engine in it. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. And then when time comes to get a new car, um, I mean, that was an envelope that I had already started. Mm -hmm. Hang on one sec. Um, that was an envelope that I'd already started was like, like a dad mobile envelope, you know what I mean? And, um, so that money was already accumulating. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had sold my, I sold my car for okay. the, the, what I wanted for it. So then that's more asset or that's an asset that I had more income from, mm -hmm. um, for that month. So that definitely helped that put a little cushion on us, um, but I literally just put that stuff into allocated accounts too. I split that up. I didn't just put it all in a saving or put it all in a checking account and spend mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so all of that stuff got allocated um, respectfully, like where it was supposed to be and stuff. And um, so that way I had a bigger cushion so that I wasn't like really stressing on coming back, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we're paying bills, we're buying extra stuff. Now we're using some, now we got a little bit of blow money. Um, so we're buying the girls some extra like goodies that we think they're going to like. And, um, it really helped it be a little bit more comfortable for us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and then March 1st came around or actually it was like the middle of February. Um, I had just solid two weeks of the phone down enjoying these girls. And then, mm -hmm. um, awesome. week comes around. And I had um, just set up a call with my shop manager, um, Natalie, and we, we just kind of chatted about uh, a new schedule. I was I was off Wednesdays, Thursdays since I started tattooing. I've never been off on a week. I've worked every weekend my whole tattoo career. Mm -hmm. And um, and now with the girls, I, you know, I just want like s Sundays off with my family. So, yeah, um, sure. so now we switched my it was a good time for me to switch my schedule to Sunday, Monday. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good time for me to switch my schedule and bump all my appointments up by an hour. So I'm home earlier at night. Um, so we kind of thought about all this stuff before we jumped back into it without mm -hmm. just like, um, all right, starting to take appointments now. And like, you know, whatever. So now Coming I'm doing back to what you were doing yeah. before and it yeah. not working with your new. Exactly. Life, if you will. Yeah. So we do, um, and, you know, if this helps anybody else too out there, um, we, we do like an 11 o'clock appointment, um, 11 a.m. appointment. And that's like uh, my bigger stuff, um, anything that I'm working on that's larger. Um, and then I do a 2 p.m. appointment and then I do a 5 p.m. appointment. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually out of there and, and they get less and less. Um, um, there's less and less work. Mm -hmm. throughout the day so she's really good about booking my heavier stuff in the beginning of the day and then my lighter stuff at the end of the day so that i'm not really stressed and i can kind of like get in um really be creative in those first uh and, and you know all of your tattoos but um at the end of the day it's not as much work you're not just sitting there tattooing the whole day you know mm -hmm. um kind of have it broke up and then that way you're getting um pretty much you can guarantee all of that income too you know mm -hmm. i mean these people are dropping deposits they're um they're they're all like multiple emails back and forth so they're serious mm -hmm. um they have all confirmed 
um, that they know they're supposed to be there when and where, you know what I mean? And um, so a lot of that stuff, man, I don't have to worry about. So if there's, there's a lot of um, booking agents out there though. So if Mm -hmm. there's tattooers out there that are struggling with, you know, they're getting a lot of appointment inquiries, but they don't know how to structure that stuff. There's people out there you can pay to do it and it's worth it. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, That's, um, I'd talked to a few episodes ago, um, to Mike over at studio elevate in salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And cause he, he actually uses a mutual friend of ours, um, chase for booking, but he'd talked about, you know, his initial aversion to hiring someone to do that, you know, and having to fork out the money to do it. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's like at the end of the day, man, it buying my time essentially, you know, and yeah. it's worth it. Cause then I can focus on the other stuff that yeah. really is your, you know, if we're going to put it in dollar wise, like my thousand dollar, um, an hour work, right. As opposed to just doing the booking stuff, which most people can find a good booking agent to help them with. So very uh, important. Yeah. You know, he's like, it, at first I scoffed at it. And then once I did it, I was like, shit, this is, <laughs> you know, yeah. Appreciated I mean, it's, it. It's just- it's important to be organized in that because especially the more busy you get, mm-hmm. um, the more confusing it's going to get yeah. and the more, um, more stuff you're going to forget. Um, so that was, I, I started forgetting things. I started like, I got my inboxes, like my, um, my text messages are like 300 something unread text. You know what I mean? Like that shit stresses me out, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I'm like diverting everyone now. I'm just like, Hey man, I pay, I pay somebody for a reason. Like, please just respect my time and go through them and, and mm-hmm. you'll get in, you'll get in faster and more guaranteed than with me. So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and have everything more seamless. I mean, I'd imagine. Yeah, for sure. And then that way we can actually, um, I can actually just focus on, um, tattooing and, and my experience with my clients and, um, all the stuff that like the bread and butter, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely, once I, once I knew, um, how much money I needed to save, I had nine months to get it done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I started, I broke down my whole nine month, um, financially, like how much I'm making, how much extras coming in and I was dumping all, I didn't spend a dime on myself. I don't think nine months, you know, mm-hmm. maybe here and there, but, um, it wasn't like anything like it, you know? if, if I was single or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so once I had all that money put together, um, we had a nice little nest egg to fall back on. And then once I went back to work, I pushed all the extra money that was left over in the account and had that spill over into our, um, um, into our, like our, into our savings just mm-hmm. so that, um, that that was, uh, also you, helping grow those, those. You didn't accounts. just go blow it. absolutely not no (laughs) yeah as much as i wanted to no yeah Yeah. so something's gonna come up you know something's gonna happen and i gotta be prepared for it and Mm -hmm. um, the older i get the more i'm seeing like stuff does happen it's not like um it's not a gamble it's not any kind of roll of the dice like stuff happens so you're gonna have to be prepared for that and the more prepared for it you are the less stressful certain things are you know For sure. And that's, I think that's a very important thing to hit on, especially now, you know, being a homeowner, having the girls, you know, being married. Um, yeah. There's just little things that 
that come up. And so being prepared is, is nice. You know, yeah. my lawnmower broke yesterday randomly. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the bars just snapped. Like it wasn't even like the engine. It was like, it, you know, Rough. so there's a few hundred bucks. I have to go buy a new lawnmower, which is not yeah. something I want to do. You know, right. there's a million other things I'd rather do with my money than that. Well, but, you know, being kind of prepared in that, in that sense, it's like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, being prepared in the sense that you can just like guilt-free buy something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you have these accounts that you can like, oh, I'll just pull out of this account. Like that's what this account's for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, like one of the very first principles of Dave Ramsey was save your first thousand dollars in the savings account. Don't touch it. You mm-hmm. know, and, like that, that one, it doesn't count. It doesn't even exist. Yep. And there's, we still have a savings account to this day that has just a thousand bucks in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was our first like, goal you know yeah. it was our first financial goal together and we hit it quick and then um then you look at your next one you know what i mean and, and all this stuff builds up builds up builds up now you have this like not just financial goals now you have a financial portfolio you know and yep. you have something that you can look at and be like oh well um i can use this money for this you know or i can we need this you know we need new windows in our house so um you know, that's, that's like five, 10 grand, you know yeah. what I mean? The, um, those things aren't cheap. No, not at <laughs> all. So, um, so you go, you know, oh, well, we got, you know, this money put away for this, or that's a new envelope, you know, mm-hmm. like once I hit my target goal with, with that, then, um, then I can pay it in cash. You know, I don't have to finance new windows on my house, you know? Yep. Um, so those are like, like little goals and stuff and you got to have the insight to do that stuff obviously Mm -hmm. um you got to know that you're going to need things in the future um i think it's important to do like little evals on your your living situation i think it's like a structured thing from the military but Mm -hmm. i do little evaluations on stuff and like we'll kind of like um i got i got this crazy um like trench going on in my backyard so now i'm gonna have to spend five grand on somebody to come in and put corrugated piping in there for me because i don't have a trencher you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so that stuff's not cheap so you gotta you gotta kind of have the the insight to see that stuff and then um create a goal and then you know a year from now i don't have to worry about it i can just here you go here's five grand fix my yard please yeah let's get it done let's get it done yeah i think i think that's a really good way to to look at it and even even you know your first goal that you mentioned of that thousand dollars right like it's yeah uh, i was reading psychology of money yesterday re rereading um which is actually book for anyone that hasn't read it yeah awesome um, one of my favorite ones it's actually an easy read but the the savings chapter right and one of the things he talks about is that a lot of people have this idea that when it comes to saving they have to save for something um you know whether it's down payment on a house or car you know whatever it is and then it's just they do that and then they stop right, right. and so it's like look you can you can save just to save right? right and then turn around you know invest the money whatever but um you know a lot of people i've seen definitely do have that kind of well i'm just saving for this and then i'm done right you know and then in the next year or two like i'll have another idea of something i want to do and so then i'll start saving for that and you know and so it's not this consistent saving right. process if you will and it's like well, yep. you don't you don't have to 
have a reason necessarily to do it. You know, that thousand dollars, there's no reason for it. It's just, Oh, it'll turn into a reason. Yeah. You know, exactly. It'll (laughs) eventually will turn into a reason, but like to initially save, like you just don't, you know, it doesn't have to be an actual purpose. It doesn't have to, you know, just be a retirement account or just, you know, it could be like I mentioned earlier, an opportunity fund. Right. So, um, if something comes up, you have some money put away. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. that stuff's, that stuff's super important. So like, um, always, you don't have to spend all your money. Like mm-hmm. you make it, you get home. It feels good to have some cash in your pocket. Or if you're a cash person and, you, and you're, you're bad with spending cash, if it's in your pocket, um, do Venmo and then, mm-hmm. or, or PayPal or, um, Zelle or a million other apps that are out there (laughs) exactly and and, um and then and it's easier for you to like push your money in certain places all right so we did this last time we tried to record and uh obviously it's been a minute so we're gonna do it again i've got the fun five questions for you to kind of wrap things up uh but before i do that is there anything you want to leave listeners with before we jump into these last final five questions just be responsible be respectful and and um respect the game for what it is when it comes to tattooing respect the game and um don't think that you're some hot shot or something (laughs) (laughs) just respect the game respect the people that are in it and um make your money and then you know be be responsible or be financially responsible you know yep get out there and 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 take take control of your finances love it love it important all right first first of the five questions here what's the best piece of advice you've received to not listen to people's advice (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> Question two. What's the worst piece of advice you've received? Um always pessimistic stuff. So just the generic um yeah. oh well, good luck with that. You know, like yeah, uh, that's not really advice, dude. You know, that that whole yeah, just because you don't that. think you can do it. Right. Don't put that on me. Um all right. Number three, what's something you believe about tattooing that most people would disagree with? Um, kind of remember this one and still have the same answer that it, okay. that it is like a tribe and it is like a, still, a um, an elite little club, but, mm-hmm. um, I guess now you can just kind of tell by, you got to tell by talking to somebody or, or being around them and, and seeing their tattoos opposed to, um, just being tattooed isn't enough anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think, um, um, I think that will get you in the door, but then you got to be able to navigate your way through a room, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Full of um, tattooers, full of um, collectors or whatever, but it is an elite little club. And um, just because you have a tattoo doesn't mean you're, you know, mm-hmm. so, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, Yeah. yeah. And, and so I want to take that a step further. This isn't on my, my list here, but um, if, 
for all the people wanting to get into tattooing, I was going to say younger, but that isn't always the case, but people just wanting to get into tattooing, right? What would you say, you know, where do they start outside of, of course, soon being able to Go get tattooed and that kind of thing, getting tattooed, hang out in the shop. Yeah. Find good shops to hang out mm-hmm. in. Don't just like find your closest tattoo shop and start hanging out in there. Um, the more stubborn an owner is about you being around, the better a mentor mm-hmm. he's going to be. So Okay. Um, it's interesting. It took, it took our apprentice. Well, he is a full-time tattooer now, mm-hmm. but it took Lincoln probably like 10, six to 10 years to even get rich, to even think about apprenticing him. Mm-hmm. And then one day he just showed up with a backpack and just never left, you know, and now he's a tattooer. So, yeah. um, it can happen to anybody and just be very diligent about it. Be very, uh, um, know your role, know your mm-hmm. lane, stay mm-hmm. in it keep your head down and, and work hard, you know, mm-hmm. and these people will see that your hard work and that you listen and that you are doing what they tell you to do. And then they'll tell you to do stuff more. And then the next thing you know, you're a tattooer, you know? Okay. Let's do it the right way. Find out, find these, find these good shops to hang out in, find people that are old heads or, or even trained by old heads and, mm-hmm. and um, that were mentored by these, these older tattooers and, um, and give them a reason to apprentice you you know, and mm-hmm. they will, you know, just because they say no, doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Yeah. Just yeah. Show okay. up, you know, just keep pestering them and that's fair. You'll get there. All right. Number four, what's something you'd wish you'd learned earlier? Hmm. Now it's, I mean, that's something that always changes, right? But mm-hmm. right now, it's probably, um, I mean, along the lines of this financial stuff, like, I wish I would have um, had the insight before I started tattooing, or I wish I'd have had that um, integrity or whatever that mm-hmm. I needed to to go out and, and um really take control of my finances and and not let them get so out of control. So when I, when it was time to, you know, be responsible, it was, it was bad at first it was. And then, um, but it got a lot better and, um, and now I'm above it, you know, I'm now I'm on this like steady incline it's not Mm -hmm. like, um, I'm not in the weeds anymore, but, um, to not get in the weeds. And if it's early on in your career, go out and, um, find a tax guy and I'm sure that tax guy can do a lot of other things for you too. So mm-hmm. go out and set up accounts and, um, understand this stuff, read books. Um, all this stuff is free knowledge. Go get it. Yep. Love it. All right. Last one. If you had to make one rule that all tattooers had to follow, what would it be? Traditional apprenticeship. All right. I could, I could have guessed that with the, uh, the yeah. way the conversation was a little a few minutes ago. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But it's just straight up traditional friendships. Yep. Um now would you say and, and again this is coming from would you say there's a uh standard length of time for that or is that varying? Well, I mean it all depends on and, man. Honestly, to be honest, man, I think 18 months was quick for me because mm-hmm. I had a lot of the medical background already. So I knew a mm-hmm. sterile environment. I knew what sterile um, um, procedure was. I knew how how to create a sterile environment and to keep a, a, a very clean environment already. So 
half of the battle you know a lot of that takes a lot of time to learn this kind of stuff too um i mean i could teach you how to mm -hmm. set up and break down and be clean in in one go yeah. but you're gonna forget some steps it takes years of doing it for somebody mm -hmm. you know setting up and breaking down for your mentor over and over and over and over to know Which how it's done properly extremely important <laughs> extremely important man yeah Good. and um it's it's um it's part of it you know mm -hmm. so um i think that there's no like set time but uh, everyone's situation is going to be a little different mm -hmm. but i think there is definitely um you know there's there's minimum time to where you can even touch a machine i don't think you should be touching one in the first six months kind of thing you know what mm -hmm. i mean but I think you should definitely be earning your dues and sweeping and mopping the shop all day, every day and scrubbing tubes and breaking people down, setting people up, setting up appointments, learning the game and, and seeing how we all do it so that when it's time for you to do it, you know, like I live my life by see one, do one, teach one. So mm -hmm. you see it done, you do it yourself and then you teach somebody else and mm -hmm. then you're a master of it, you know? So do you ever see yourself apprenticing someone in the future then? Sure. Yeah, man. I yeah. love teaching people everything. So yeah. um, I think once I'm ready for something like that, um, maybe if I own my own shop one day and um, and it comes to that, but mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever apprentice somebody if I didn't own barbers. I wouldn't just bring an apprentice into the shop like that. Yeah. Um, another thing when it comes to like respect and mm -hmm. um, tradition and stuff, you know, I think yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I think that I would definitely, I could definitely see myself apprenticing somebody in the, in the future for sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I've seen a few people that don't necessarily want to apprentice, you know, that are good tattooers. And I think it's kind of a, it's a bit of a bummer. A waste, man. Yeah. It's it's, bummer, man. You know, yeah. it's like, damn, you got a lot of skills and knowledge that you can help pass on to someone and kind of keep this thing going. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Well, it's I think a, it's a lot, lot of work, but it's, I think a lot of that too, though, is like, um, if you do take on an apprentice, you want that person, your whole reason you're teaching them is because you want them to be better than you are mm -hmm. ever were. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You saw something in them that you were like, tattooing needs this, you know yeah. what I mean? Tattooing needs this guy or whatever. I think that's how it should almost be. Um, it doesn't have to be that intense, but mm -hmm. um, maybe um, that, that might be like a dramatized version of, of what I'm trying to say. But I think that, um, that it definitely has to be this, um, that you know my apprentice should exceed me kind of thing mm -hmm. and maybe some like big wig tattooers or vein tattooers or egotistical tattooers don't want that you know what yeah. i mean and um that makes sense and maybe that's a good way of guiding who's who you mm -hmm. know <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you don't want them apprenticing you anyway mm -hmm. so okay that makes sense cool well mondo thanks again man for doing this for a second time with me appreciate it sure. yeah uh, oh, <laughs> so cute man um yeah. awesome well thanks again it's a good sure good talk with you yeah, um, hell yeah. it's always good enjoy it thanks, yeah man. hopefully i'll be out in portland soon again and uh yeah can i'll do a little banger on you or something <laughs> i would love that i know that's that's been an issue lately as i see all these artists that i'm following i'm like i kind of want a little piece from them so you know yeah. and then yeah. of course everyone's scattered across the country but it's like yeah I do want to well, go to you know some conventions or travel or yeah so you know well that's we'll what see. legs are for legs are for collecting yeah <laughs> that's and i got nothing on my legs right now so there you go i know like i need well, to there's your plan then 